Hopefully it doesn't look like a dungeon too much. Yeah, we're good. That's good. Okay. So this is my first video episode yet. Cool. I'm happy to be the first one. You are also the one that helped me get it handled, too. I, uh, I, I dragged the Skype window over so I don't see myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little distracting to stare at myself talking to. Yeah, it can be weird, right? Well, it's just, it's got a delay on it, so it's, like, funny. Oh, so it's delaying back to you. Yeah, but it works. That's good, because it's, uh, it's nice and crispy here, too. Awesome. Perfect. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> the fucking water jug, man. You bring a water jug everywhere? I tried to get Igloo to sponsor me, yeah. and they respond, because they make a... They make a cooler called the BMX. Really? <laughs> yes, but they didn't. They didn't get back to me. I might might be worth trying again though, because that was a long time ago. That's weird. That's odder than to not be interested. Are they sponsoring right. anybody? No, I just saw it on my uh, Instagram. I was like, whoa, they make a BMX like a cooler with that name. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so welcome to the show. Hello. The Spoke Show. Let's get started. Uh, where did you come from? Where are you? What are you doing? Where am I? You're in Ohio, right? I'm I know in, a little bit about you. Yeah, I'm in Worcester, Ohio. It's about an hour south of Rays for people who know Rays and about an hour and a half north of Columbus for people who know Columbus. So I'm kind of between the two of them. Mm. So every time you go to Rays, it's an hour drive. Yep. Just get it. No, no, and it's worth it. I mean, I say all the time that, like, given the option between driving, like, four and a half hours to get to Woodward or an hour to get to Ray's, I would go to Ray's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That place is a wonderland. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good, that's a good word for it. Oh, yeah, man. I only, I only went there once and it was for a couple days, but it was like, do you remember the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles where um, they go in the, like, the live action one, the original movie, where there's like the underground lair where everyone's like, it's like a whole town underground and like people are skateboarding and shit. Like very vaguely. Oh man. When I went in the race, that's kind of how I felt. Like I walked into like a layer of that's civilization. Awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. Thank you for being on the podcast. Um I've been slow to get back on these. I don't know if you know much about what I'm doing, but I appreciate you being a part of it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So you're from Ohio. Are you? Have you always been in Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. Worcester, Ohio is where I grew up. Still live. Worcester. Is there a lot of spots there, or is it kind of? No. 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 There's the. Well, I mean, as far as like street stuff goes, I mean. Not really. There's some stuff, but I would never be like, yeah, come to Worcester to ride street. Right, right. But there's the skate park that I grew up at and then the trails that I grew up at, and I live, like, right between them. Oh, cool. So you have trails and ramps to ride. Yeah. Damn. You got to be a busy motherfucker, dude. (laughs) You would think, but I I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I live it, so I don't feel... Like, I'm like, I mean, yes, my life is super busy and crazy, but then again, at the same time, like, there's times where I sit here and I'm like, if I'm not doing something, I'm like, 
I'm wasting my time right now. I'm not, mm-hmm. I should be doing something. So like, I'm never not, it's always go, go, go. Yeah. Does your lady get on you about it? No, she's yeah. stoked. Cool. She understands. And I purposefully like try to set aside time where we're like, we're hanging out. Like this weekend, we're going to a movie. We go to a lot of movies mm. and just play Yahtzee and all kinds of other stuff. What's the most recent movie you guys saw? Oh, geez. Let me. <laughs> There's that many. Wow. Uh, just went and saw Uncharted last weekend. Hmm. We're going to see uh, Batman on Saturday. Cool. And uh, I can give you some context. <laughs> this is just part of. Holy them. shit. Tickets. <laughs> this is just part of them. That's cool. Yeah. At least you save on to them. Those, those can make a cool collage or something. Yeah, well, I have a whole entire scrapbook that I made from like. <laughs> years of them then there's this many more wow. yeah Damn, i was kind of curious about seeing that jackass movie but i haven't been to the theaters in a minute it's good yeah. it's it's funny i mean i laughed the entire way through it it's like just the same stupid funny that everything else is mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of uh a lot of phallic thing <laughs> A lot, like the very beginning of the entire thing, is that. Yeah, it seems it seems to be the trend. Um, do you listen to Steve-O's podcast at all? Whenever there's a good one that pops up, yeah, I, I subscribe to his channel and just uh, like I just most recently watched the Andy Milanakis one because oh, nice. I remember Andy Milanakis was like awesome whenever yeah. his show and stuff. So this is cool to catch up on that. I'm not gonna lie, I did I watched the Aaron Carter one. Just because that oh, dude man. seems like a mess. And I was like, wanted to kind of see what it was all about. Mm-hmm. The Johnny Knoxville one. The, the one that got me first watching it was the Tony Hawk one. Oh, yeah. I might have I heard that one, but I f- feel like I forget it now. Yeah. The Jeff Tremaine one I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I hadn't seen that one yet. Oh, they go through like stuff about the movie and there's like there's so much that they couldn't do or couldn't put in so it sounds like there's going to be another one whoa like a 4.5 or whatever because they had so much extra that's cool <clears throat> but um i like steve because he uh he seems to have a really good business mindset almost to the point where it's like intrusive on the conversation they'll be talking <laughs> like that must have made you a ton of money or thinking about that kind of stuff but but then you see like ten minutes later there he's going into his ad for death water or whatever that liquid oh, yeah. whatever, you know. And I don't know. I just kind of appreciate the the fact that he like acknowledges that he's got this thing that can help him live the life he wants to live and he just does it. Oh yeah, I forget who he was talking to. Oh, he had one of the ICP members, I think, on his podcast. And I had just um I had watched a Your Mom's House podcast with this, with the ICP dude. And for some reason, I was going down that rabbit hole. And when Steve-O had him on, I was like, I guess I got to watch that. And, you know, they're going back and forth, talking about everything. And in the middle of it, they're talking about some kind of, like, legal shit. And Steve-O just pops in this jargon of, like, oh, did you get, did you get this? Did you get the 401? Or what did you get? Like, I don't remember the exact wording of it. But I was like... You're the dude who gets like hit in the shin for fun and for a living, 
and you just popped into this information that really kind of all of your listeners should probably bone up on a little bit like yeah just he's smart dude knows a lot about that kind of stuff yeah or just a lot of different things yeah i guess oh it sounded like he got fucked over pretty bad when he first when they all first started gotcha all that shit so i guess you know you learn from the mistakes you make yeah absolutely but um so how long have you been riding then this year it'll be 16 years I, don't, I can't count back to when what year that is when you started. 2006, 2006. is the year that I first got like a real BMX bike. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it'd have been 13. Perfect time, mid the mid 2000s. <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm I clearly, if you look at me, I'm still living. <laughs> yeah, <in. laughs> yeah. Uh, when did you? Uh, when did you decide? Like, okay, so did you have like a group of friends riding? Like when you first started, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a group of people. There was, there was one dude who was in the same mm-hmm. high school class as me at a different high school, and then aside from him, when I first, very first started, the the generation that came before me, like the dudes that are like four or five years older than us, were the ones who were like in it. So I can remember the first time I ever went to the skate park seeing those guys there and them just being like outrageously good like my buddy sponge that i'm in all these videos with okay he was the one of the first people i see at the skate park and i just have this line that he did burned in my memory because i filmed it on my old razor phone of him just doing a huge 270 over the hip then 360 in the spine then doing a bar to fakie air on a quarter Mm. that was out of coping and all this is at the local skate park and i see that i'm just like oh my god like some people have their like x games on tv moment that was kind of like my uh my like that that's a good way to put it yeah and even before that i was totally like obsessed in that that day was the day i first got a real bmx bike and i'd just been riding this like cheapo walmart bike around the driveway you know like Mm -hmm. not even actually doing any tricks or anything not even trying to do anything real and then that day just like set me on the path that got me to where i'm sitting right now so when did the youtube channel start well i've always uploaded to youtube like if you search hard enough you can find the first video that i ever uploaded was in the end of 2006 or the beginning of 2007 i don't know how you would find it the only reason i even knew about it was because i was trying to secure the uh youtube.com slash brantmore for my current youtube channel and i had taken it with that one back in 2006 or 2007 so i would have had to like log in and do all this crazy stuff to get the the address back and i found that on there and saw that the date on it was like it was either january 2007 or december 2006 i can't remember but that was the first video i did on youtube and i've consistently uploaded since then but the channel that i'm currently doing stuff with i started in july i think it was july 15th 2015 so you have two channels going i i mean i don't upload oh. to the other one anymore oh okay gotcha when i made the new one i stopped uploading to that old one gotcha all right yeah. wow 
I saw I did do a little bit of lurking. I saw that your first popular videos were like hunting videos. Were you just yeah. like recording whatever and the well, I mean I kinda when I first started the YouTube thing, I didn't really know like what and and I thought that it would might be possible to have this like generic just show my entire life kind of deal with like hunting, fishing, BMX and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just filmed everything. And it happened to be like that that hunting season was coming up right after I started my YouTube channel. So I just started filming hunting stuff and then I got lucky and ended up getting a deer. And that video when I made it kind of popped off for a couple of days and did pretty well. And were you were you aware of like ta- hashtags and like names and titles at that point? Or was it just the content that brought everybody there? Uh, I mean, I kind i don't know how long it took me to get like super obsessed with the back end stuff on youtube i can't remember if it was by that time or not mm-hmm. and actually uh i might be able to tell you just by looking at it uh yeah that was november 23rd 2016 yeah i probably Actually, that's not even it. Either way, I probably was getting into the back end stuff of YouTube at that point. Mm-hmm. But I think it was more or less just YouTube circulating that video than anything I did with it. Right. I have a video about on the on the podcast channel about uh oh, iPhone iPhone uh um case. Mm-hmm. And I guess just just th- literally that many people are on there looking for yeah. shit that yep. it's still doing numbers. It's like every other month somebody's asking me about the battery <sighs> in the, in the video, and I've answered it like five different times, and people keep asking me about the battery. That's that's funny uh, that you say that because when I first got my iPhone eight, I did a comparison video between it and the iPhone six on the video, mm-hmm. and people watched that for a long time and then when i got my new iphone 12 last year i did the same thing between the iphone 8 and the iphone 12 and people still comment on that video even though the 13's out now it's like it's crazy i think it's just because the rest of the world isn't quite as like fortunate as we are here to where we can be up on the 13 mm-hmm. the rest of, there's other places in the world where i think people are probably buying like the 8 or they're buying a refurb phone so they're looking at comparisons there Mm -hmm. uh and it's funny that you say that too because for a long time the video that did the absolute best on my channel on a daily basis was a video a tutorial for the the splice app the original splice app too not the one that people use today before they got bought out but the original one then i made an update video whenever the new version came out and that video still is in the like top 10 on daily <laughs> use on my channel. Wow. And is that, do you still use this, this app from time to time? I just tried because of the reels that exist now and things like that and shorts on YouTube. I try not to use that because you can't do some of the stuff like that I do to a, a video when I post real or short, like the blurring the background and kind of making it look like 
Instagram put a blurred background of the same video I'm posting behind it. It's hard to explain, but if you look at my Instagram, you'll instantly see what I'm talking about. Mm, okay. <clears throat> uh, what did you use for that? I saw that you made a like a little short that was like a nod to your mom's house about like just have your thing or something like that. Yeah, that was I used I made that as a it's a full out edit mm-hmm. that I made. Uh, but what was the question about it? Um, did, what did you use for that? That was Premiere. Okay. I I edited all that on my computer. Gotcha. I thought that was hilarious, by the way. I, Thank you. I recently like kind of fell in love with uh, that podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Yeah, uh, I back in 2015, 2016, I had a video job at this factory in the town I live in, and they had a location up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Mm-hmm. So they would. I would take one of our, the company cars up there to do video up there sometimes. And I would listen to Pandora comedy radio and that exact Tom Segura comedy bit would come on. And back then I knew like that would be so funny to use that in an edit. And then I remembered about it like a couple years ago last year or something. And I'm like, I have to do that. And then finally just sat down and put the time into making it work and it was it was worked i mean you see it you saw the videos yeah if i didn't have all of the words that popped up and the different effects in that video and the music behind the comedy it just wouldn't have worked right i tried it with just the comedy and it was like awkward and weird and didn't feel right oh right yeah it was just like you're trying to entertain yourself with that one just well, I just thought it would be funny to try and do something that I don't think anyone else has ever done before. I mean, you see those motivational videos, too, where there's, like, somebody talking. Like, the ones with Jocko, if you've ever heard yeah. of Jocko. His videos, the motivational ones. And then there was that one with Joe Rogan that was going around talking about the country or whatever he was talking about. It's just, like, got that epic music behind it. Yeah. And, it up and it's just, like, you watch that and you're just like, fuck, yes. Like, I'm stoked. And And I thought that it would be really cool to do something with just the comedy thing behind a writing edit and try something that I don't know if anyone has ever done before. And then it didn't really work the way I thought it would. Like I was saying, it didn't work with just the comedy. So Victoria, my girlfriend suggested that I put music behind it. So I'm like, I don't know what kind of music. So I went on this website that I use for music and I just started looking. And then I saw like, epic songs pop up and i listened to a couple and i was like oh what if i turn in my mind immediately went movie trailer let's yeah. make this feel like a movie trailer but but then we take this comedy bit about how bike riding can't be your thing because everyone can do it put it to this epic song then make infographic type words on it and make it like this turn this comedy thing into a motivational piece that's like a movie trailer yeah and and it kind of worked i guess should i pull it up here should we give it a give it a shot you can if you want to i'm gonna pause it real fast so i mean we've talked about it this long so if anyone hasn't seen it yet we will make them do any extra effort yeah i mean that this is part of the reason why i wanted to start adding video i basically started watching so many podcast that had video i was like that's what you got to do is be able to bring up video and talk about it you know oh yeah 
it, it helps so much to just have the flexibility to do whatever you need to do. And then there's nothing stopping you from just taking the audio from this, putting it on the audio only platforms. And then if somebody wants the video, well, there you go. All right. All right, cool. That's all set up. Let's see what we got. Here. And it shouldn't get flagged for uh, copyright audio because of everything I did to the audio. Oh, that's good. I don't monetize my channel for that reason, so I don't get any flags. I'm hoping. Yeah, we still get the flag. And even if you did monetize, it wouldn't affect you. It's just if it has a certain. It, the right stuff is crazy. Like, there's certain bands that if you use their music, you can't even have that video public on YouTube. It's crazy. I've had that before. I have had that before. I got nuked from Vimeo already. I've heard that from so many people, but they I have so many copyrighted songs on there, and they just – it's still there. It might be, like, the record company. Like, I, that's all. I, I don't know. Who knows? That doesn't matter, though. Yeah, let's, let's get, let's get uh, lifted up by this one right here. <laughs> Why are you riding a bike? This is the age of technology. But if you say that to a bike rider, they'll all tell you the same thing. Riding a bike is like oh, my thing. thing. You know, it's it like, just makes me stoked. It's my thing. Really? When did your imagination stop evolving? I can't even when you hear were it, four? so it works for me, too. Riding a bike uh, is not your thing. It's not your thing if everybody can fucking do it and everybody loves yeah, riding their bike. Yeah, I wanted to learn how to like do a wall slap to fakie. Like, and normally when people do them, they go straight up and down, but I was too scared things. to do that, so I just no, did a not. normal wall slap you don't and 90 back to fakie. You like a travel? Get the fuck out of here! Thanks. I've never met anybody like you in my entire life, man. I think I'm gonna check my pants right now. What else this one, I was so stoked on this one when it happened. I was so because it, I did it in like three or four tries for the first time, and I don't know. Just your thing. Damn. If it's your thing, it's Shout out to the kind of on that. You know, a little peculiar. Like, hey, why are you grinding down rocks? Pittsburgh. Make my own sand. What? It's kind of my thing. That's Get some thing. trail action in there. Is it a trail for locals? Yeah. I love them. And that's, I still have like three or four more sub rail foof clips that I haven't put in anything yet. Uh, kind of. You'd have to play it again to fully see what I did. Have a thing. It was, uh, I can explain it. It was a, so if you pause it, yeah. uh, back just a little bit. I'm, I'm going to make it slow too. Oh, there you go. There you go. All right. So you pause it right a little further, right? Keep going right there. So you saw the peg touch there. So it was like one of my uh, 360 downside lawnmower ice picks yeah. that I continued the motion on over the spine so it's like a downside ice pick stall keep the momentum going over the spine it's like wow boom. you did touch it wow well the other way and you landed proper foot forward you know that's that did nothing I? to shake a stick at wait are did you, i your peg side yeah left foot i did <laughs> i did land left foot forward <laughs> that's what's up because for me, learning like foot jam nose picks, I couldn't land correctly. Like where you yeah. pull up your pedal, like that shit took me forever to figure out. 
it took me a long time too. I used to land right foot forward in those for a long time. And then finally one day it just, it just kind of clicked and worked. Yeah. You had to be aggressive with that back foot. Yeah. I don't even know. And I'm not the kind of person who ever actually cares about the whole, uh, which foot forward you land with and stuff. Yeah. So like, I never really cared that much. I, I think about it a little bit, I guess, just because of like, if you're doing it, like when you see people ride bowls or something mm. where you got to get set up for the next thing. That's the only reason I thought of it. Yeah, and, I um, got you. I wanted to show you this quick little 24 second video. I also, I don't know if you've seen it. Huh. It's only got 31 views and that's the whole reason I'm even bringing it up. But once you said like movie trailer. Yeah. So I did a video, uh, it was like a compilation of like a whole year or so. Mm -hmm. I only film with iPhone when I go out. Cause yeah. I, I just don't have anything else. And I was like, what am I going to do for this trailer? I'm going to use like epic music and, and do like a voiceover. I'll have to watch it on my screen because I didn't get any audio when you played my video. Oh, you know what? Oh, that's it's the only okay. thing. Just, I'll just play it on mine while you're playing it. Okay. So that it doesn't matter. Bring it up and then pause it. It's muted, so it's good. Okay. All right. So uh, I'll just give a countdown to when I'm going to click play. All right. Works. All right. Three, two, one, go. Oh, this is funny. Your music's working. From the crew. You have any swag? And the producer of Clipping the Kid. So I have mine going half speed. Start over. <laughs> yeah. My bad. I'm... Ladies and gentlemen, this is my first video episode. I apologize. <laughs> Alright, you ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Oh, we're super close. The yeah. Homie. From the crew that brought you swag and betting. <laughs> and the producer of Clipping the Kid. The Yeah proudly presents Glitching and Bitching. <laughs> that is pretty funny. It has thirty views, so I don't know I don't know if anyone really gave a shit, but it was fun. Hey, it's cool and you enjoyed it, so Yeah. Entertain yourself, you know. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you. Um so uh have you always like kind of known what your audience is with your channel or did you kind of develop that out nope i had absolutely no idea when i started my youtube channel i first i had the thought of well what if i just uploaded my instagram clips to youtube too like i don't see anybody else doing that maybe it would be something that could like work and so i spent the time <laughs> and I uploaded, I think, like five or six hundred Instagram clips as the first things there on my channel. So if you go to my oldest videos, they're all those Instagram clips. And I went through and I renamed all of them to be accurate. And it was like an insane amount of work. And I thought, well, maybe that could work. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. So like I've evolved what I've done through the years. So when that didn't work. I thought, well, maybe I can try to do like 
the vlog kind of thing, but do it without pointing the camera at myself and without talking. So that's where the the hunting thing was part of a life clips series where I uh, it was bef- right towards the end of it where I just up I filmed like just like a Snapchat story basically when you export your Snapchat or Instagram story and it makes just like this long video of super short clips. It was basically it was that and uh, that didn't work either <laughs> because like I've learned through the years that you can't just assume that you're going to make something happen if you're not going to have a connection at all with the people who are watching. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that is when I started to talk to the camera more and like made the realization that if you're going to grow an audience or you're going to have people watch your stuff, you have to connect with them on some level. And to assume that you could just do that without talking or showing yourself at all is kind of like, a dumb cop out and it was basically me just trying to not be a vlogger Mm -hmm. like i'm like i don't want to just i don't want to be just like everybody else Mm -hmm. and so i i think it was at that point that i started to obsess with the back end of youtube and just learning about all the different things that you could do to help your videos and through doing that you learn you hear all the tips that people talk about and then they talk about consistency so they're like, oh, you got if you make a schedule, it can let people know that like if I go to the channel at this time on this day, this thing will be there. So I started I made a schedule and started uploading the same stuff, whatever. And somewhere in there, I started doing those drawings. Mm, yeah. And and I thought, well, maybe that could be a thing because drawing channels on YouTube are huge. Like art channels can be huge. So I started doing that, and that was just too much work to oh get one of those yeah. drawings done in a week and then edit the video. <laughs> and, like, those videos were so intense to edit because if you watch them, you notice that there's every single frame of the whole entire thing, the pencil is on the paper. So I'm going through the time lapse and deleting every single frame where the pencil is not on the paper wow. to make the video. And it's just it was too much work, so I couldn't keep up with it. Uh, those drawings are really good by the way thank you I was kind of curious about that I wanted to ask you maybe this is a sidebar but um I thought your drawings were really good and I was kind of curious about why they why you never did like a drawing on a shirt or I don't know if you have I I just didn't think I saw any well you know it's because you hadn't given me that idea yet and I'm gonna make it tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) that would be so cool I could do like the the Hoffman one on the shirt. Yeah. Damn. Good idea. Thank you. Yeah, man. You, you got, you're good at it, man. I, I I like to think that I can draw, but really, I am so basic compared to a, like everybody. So You can, though. With the way I look at drawing, anybody could do it. Because I just get down to the grid, and then I just go, make your square look exactly like that square. Yeah. Yeah. And do what you need to do to make it look exactly the same. And I think that anyone who like tries to draw and it doesn't turn out like as good as it could is like there's somewhere where they they took the or where they got to tired of taking the time to make it look perfect. Yeah. Just like screw it, I'm moving on. Because as long, if you put the enough time into it, 
I feel like anybody could do it. I, uh, I had a drawing teacher in college. I forget his, his name, but he was teaching us to how to draw without the grid by like doing. Oh yeah. That's a thing too. And this thing works, but what for anybody listening, you know, you ever seen a draw uh, artist put like their thumb to like the tip of a pencil. All they're doing is measuring stuff. Mm -hmm. But, um, you are so mentally shot after doing that because it's just like long division all day. Yeah, I've I've done that with drawings too, mm -hmm. where I just didn't use the grid and like I can do it, but it sucks and it takes yeah. me longer, so I'm just not going. To. Yeah, let me get a grid up in this joint. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so at that point, like I started doing like Monday randoms, Tuesday tips, Wednesday session, Saturday session, where I'm just uploading like whatever just my writing because i had realized that uh i was filming way more clips while i'm filming to post stuff on instagram then you can post on instagram in a 15 second thing so that's kind of where like the very start of the channel happened it was like well if the instagram's clips on youtube aren't working and i'm already filming too long and way too much to post on instagram at any given time mm -hmm. i'll put it all together and then that'll be a video so i was doing that and then also doing like the tip videos on tuesdays because what i was trying to do was just have something to feed that youtube beast that i had noticed if you don't upload something after a certain period of time they just like stop they just kind of cut you off almost like turn the hose off on your views after a certain period unless you're doing like it just depends but yeah. if you're doing something that like people aren't seeking out then after a certain period of time like i don't know they just it feels like they funnel it off so i just got sucked into the trap of uploading tons and tons of videos and then it was something i enjoyed doing so it wasn't like it was a problem i can i the way i'm saying it it could be perceived like that i don't like it mm. But I, I, it's what I've done since I was 13 years old. Like I go to the skate park, film a session, make a video from it, or I'm, I've been filming. Like I would say I have more than 90% of the first time I've done a trick ever on film. Oh shit! For my entire riding life, just because I was constantly filming because I just wanted to make videos. So there's edits forever and that kind of morphed the channel into what it is now in that i noticed that youtube kind of felt like it was siphoning views after you didn't post for 24 hours so i just started posting a video every single day damn did you did it feel like a lot of work <clears throat> i mean or yeah it, it seems like it's a lot of work it, it, it can be but i don't know i've just done it every single day for so long that it's i feel like i've gotten pretty streamlined at it right. where a session video of riding will only take me an hour or two to go all the way through and get put together and then i'll watch it again after that and kind of trim up the dead spots and make it feel good but i'm not really doing anything crazy with the edit editing on like a daily basis with writing stuff like i'm not doing what i did in the edit that we showed yeah. on a daily basis because that edit took me a few days of editing to do right. so it's it's pretty basic stuff and i just i've always looked at it like 
once I get to the point where YouTube is sustaining itself and sustaining my writing and life enough, I'll have more time to put more time into editing better. Cause since you, since video has been like my job forever, I felt like the, the skills of being able to do that editing and stuff has always been there, mm. but the time in the whatever that I need to do it wasn't there yet. Or it's not there yet. Like I think I'll, once I'm able to do YouTube full time, I'll put more effort into polishing stuff and making it even better. Yeah. So what is your part time or your side job, your day job, uh, also video work? Yeah, it's part, I have part time, uh, video thing. I basically, I'm the video guy and run a YouTube channel for a, uh, farm tractor manufacturing company that's local to me here. That's cool. I mean, not everybody's hip enough to have somebody do their YouTube channel, so I'm sure that works for them, right? They're super into that stuff. I mean, they two of the family, two of the guys in the family, are pretty into video where they would film weddings and stuff. Mm. And uh, the original company, or not the original, but one of the other companies they had, uh, they made videos for that and we're having a YouTube channel for that. And a couple of them went like super viral. Like, uh, they made a tractor and then they had different attachments for this tractor. So they had a snowblower attachment and they ran over a hundred pumpkins with this snowblower. And that video just went super viral even to the point where it's like still going viral today. Wow. And, uh, so they kind of like know their thing in the video world and they kind of just based their marketing for their tractor around that YouTube channel and started making videos <laughs> on that. So that the, the Ventrack is the company that it came from, but uh, they upload one video a week and then they were doing the same thing with the company that I work for now, which there was a whole like a buyout and mm -hmm company that bought Ventrac didn't want the company that I work for so it had to be separated and just a long story there mm. so they're pretty open to the YouTube channel idea and video being their marketing and and so I work there part-time three days a week and since uh, COVID and everything I started working from home and then just haven't went back other than to film stuff because we realize like it works i can edit from here mm. they give you the footage well i go in and film okay and whatever needs edited i do it uh it's it's so awesome there's they're super good people and i could literally like if i couldn't go in if i had a trip pop up mm. an opportunity to like go to who knows where next week I could literally text the dude right now and be like, Hey, I got this thing that popped up for next week. We have the video already done ready for next week anyways. So it'd be like, yeah, he literally be like, okay, do what you need to do. Nice. That's what's up. Yeah. They're, it's awesome. Like even I've, I, I almost feel bad sometimes when I think about the point, getting YouTube to the point of it being full time where I'm like, man, I'm going to feel bad not doing that anymore because I want to help them out. And they've just been, so good to me yeah so do you do you think your intention with the when you 
has always been to like kind of turn this into something so you can just do this full time like from the jump because you said you were like trying the hunting and then you were trying the drawing videos like you were just trying to figure out where the avenue was for you to basically in 2016 i had a really good video job at a different factory making training videos i was getting paid like 45 grand a year to do this and that was when they first hired me on and stuff so that was i had that job and then in 2016 i got laid off from that job and i recognized through being laid off and then drawing unemployment and all that i recognized that this period the short period where you're going to get this unemployment is an opportunity mm-hmm. to potentially make this youtube thing work because i knew the potential that youtube had i knew what other people do like when you see these huge youtubers that are just making like millions of dollars doing exactly whatever the hell they want to <laughs> i'm like i see the potential of that and i'm like well I've made videos forever. I already make videos for YouTube. Like if I can make this work, I can literally make writing my entire life. Mm-hmm. And, and I could have that be my job where I just go and ride and have fun. And that's what I do and make a video from it, which I've already, I'm already doing anyways. Yeah. Like I'm already doing that for, since I was 13. Like if I can make that my job, why would I not do that? So I guess from the very beginning, it was like I recognized the potential of it, but I also recognized the potential for it to not work at all. Mm. And it was, there was years. I mean, I didn't make any money, any real money to talk about from YouTube until years into doing it. I mean, if I pull up my analytics right now and, and take a look at it and just look at my lifetime, mm-hmm. it took me until like 2017 before i even made a dollar in a whole day yeah that was gonna be my next question is like i don't know if it was an adam 22 comment or where i heard it from but like you didn't get paid that much you don't get paid i mean you get paid so it's not everybody thinks you get paid from subscribers or whatever you don't get paid from that at all the way youtube advertising works for people who don't know about is that a company goes to Google ads with their video Mm -hmm. and says, I'm willing to pay this much per view, like per view of the entire video or per time that somebody clicks on this video to go to whatever page they designate. And then through that, YouTube connects them with a channel that is relevant to that ad. And when someone sees that ad on your video and then they click it or watch the entire ad, you get paid part of that fee that YouTube and Google charge the company who's putting the advertising out there. So you're, you're not getting paid from subscribers. You're getting paid from the views of somebody who watches the whole entire ad or clicks on the ad. Wow. So if I, when I hit skip ads, those people don't get paid. Yes. Basically you have to watch a certain percentage and I don't know how much into that skip ad you have to actually watch for it to count, but that's the way that it works. So like I, I still, I mean, I wasn't even making, you know, it was random four and $5 a day all the way up until mid 2019. So I did it for four years 
and and even then, like if you made ten dollars a day from your job, you're not gonna do that job. <laughs> so like it's still even today to the point where like if this was all I could do to make money, I would not make enough money to live. Right. So like so I knew that the potential was there and it still is there because I'm not even to the point yet where I could like totally live off of YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing it for I mean, it's coming up on actually, yeah, seven years it's coming up on now where I'm I've just been doing it and I like yeah, it it helps me now and it, like I do decent on it. But I would I did it for years for nothing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, it's awesome that you're kind of gearing up to make more money out of it. Well, I mean, ever do you always hear people say that uh, every overnight success was ten years in the making? Yeah, I've heard that. So, yeah. uh, on that note, I'm still three years away from my <laughs> night success. Yeah. Damn. So. uh do you would you say your channel is geared towards like a younger rider who wants to learn, grow, and kind of go oh, pro? Or about audience, and that's how we got. You asked me about audience, and that's how we got in here. Oh, so, okay. uh, no, and yes, yes, and no. I mean, it's for anyone who might want to learn how to do things. So, what? Yeah. The beginning, I had no idea who my audience was, and that's part of the problem. In that, you if you don't know who you're trying to make something for and if you're just trying to make something for the sake of making it you're gonna have a harder time being successful at it if you're trying to be successful at it if your goal is to just like make something no matter who watches it well then you already succeeded but if you're trying to grow and make a business and sustain yourself off of something like youtube you got to know who you're who you're trying to have watched so basically Anybody who's I wouldn't say that my channel is fully towards people who want to learn and things like that because I don't on a weekly basis I'm not making videos that help somebody who wants to learn on a weekly basis I'm putting out videos of Riding sessions where I'm just going and riding and having fun with my friends Mm -hmm. Also some type of what I call the Tuesday tip type video It's not like this week. I posted the video about the new alienation pegs Mm -hmm. Last week, I can't even remember what I posted last week, but but it's it's things around that nature. So what I've found is that my channel demographic and basically who I am in the BMX world through my YouTube channel is a connection between the industry and the average everyday person riding BMX because I have so many friends who are in the industry, I guess I'm in the industry too, to a certain degree. And I see a lot of what goes on and know a lot of what goes on. I have some inside knowledge, I guess you could say, and I I have the avenues to know these things. And then I use my YouTube channel to present those. And like part of my goal from the beginning too was to get my youtube channel to the point where i don't rely on bmx at all so where i'm not relying on bmx and i can talk about things that people in bmx can't talk about without worrying about their paycheck and if they're going to be able to 
stick around in BMX and and because of how much that goes on, I wanted to make something where, hey, I'm going to talk about these things because they need talked about. And because I'm making money from this huge corporation called Google and not random dude buying his parts from this company that I ride for, I don't have to worry about the repercussions as much. And I can more focus on helping BMX get out of this like, we can't talk about this. We can't mm-hmm. talk about that. You aren't allowed to do this. You aren't allowed to do that. I feel like I'm finally getting to that point. But so like my demographic, I guess you would say is, I mean, I, I guess people who want to be connected with the industry, people who want to learn, I mean, almost anyone who's riding at this point, because if you look at all of the different things that I do, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I is there on Fridays too. What's on Fridays? The news. Yeah. I do, I've done a news video every Friday for like five years. I just... I've, I've heard heard about you f- like for a long time, but I just kind of stumbled across those news videos recently. Mm-hmm. And for me, someone who's not always on all the sites and not following everybody, it's it's awesome. It's like somebody reading a newsletter to me, you know. Thank you. And, and the thing about that, too, is that like you said, all the sites. Well, the problem with all the sites is that the two biggest ones mainly are posting things from people who pay them. So, so you're not seeing a broad view of BMX when you're only going to like one of those sites. Mm -hmm. So, so I try to look at all of them and then just put out everything that I think somebody might care about in, in BMX. So, so it's not this, this like catered look at BMX through the eyes of who's paying me. It's just, this seems to be what's going on in the BMX world. Right. Yeah. Um, have you, do you mind if I take a quick bathroom break? I don't care. I'm afraid I'm going to shit my pants and I don't want to do that. I have to use that. All right. It'll take me like maybe five minutes. No worries. I'll, I'll be here. All right. I'll be right back. y'all good yeah man sorry about that it's all good i uh realized i could use it to get ready for my news video tomorrow nice. yeah so back in the saddle are we going yeah hopefully no more <laughs> need a minute So where were we? You're talking about like you wanted to be able to talk about stuff that somebody who gets paid to cover shit can't do. Not necessarily paid to cover things, but just someone who's in the BMX industry and might worry about the things that they say affecting what like their paycheck basically. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to just talk about those things that should be talked about in a not in like a malicious type way or anything but just talk about them because they need to be talked about yeah things people haven't yeah that's kind of where i'm where i'm at and why i've wanted to do this because i wanted to there's no honestly i feel like there's you and andrew vargason and i don't know too many other people like that are kind of covering things that needed to be covered andrew's been uh not posting lately he's kind of 
having to handle some shit himself. Yeah. But um, and then use two together. That was also a really good episode. Um, have you felt any kind of uh, shade or anything from industry types that are like thinking you're taking their lunch or anything? Not. I haven't heard that at all. That's I mean, good. I would. I would hope not. And and I honestly feel like sometimes I, I see like. I'll talk about something mm-hmm. and I feel like I see the change happening in real time almost. It's super weird and and it blows my mind whenever I find out some of the people who watch my stuff. Oh, right. Like they know what I'm doing or like like you ha- I was when I went to Swamp Fest and I have people come up to me like, "Oh, I love your stuff." I like I'm like, "Whoa." Like I was in a conversation talking to a few people and then Chris Moeller walks up and he walks right through everybody. He's like, I got to meet this guy, puts his hand out and goes, you're my favorite person on the internet. I'm always going to tell that story because it's just like, holy crap. And I literally, I looked at him and I was like, I don't believe you (laughs) (laughs) because it's just like, what? And, And you hear stuff like that. And then, and to just be able to have that kind of thing happen while I'm saying the things I'm saying and doing the things I'm doing Mm -hmm. reaffirms just the fact that like I'm doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, so I had a couple things here, uh, that might be like a little bit unpopular, but, um, where, where should we start? I think the, I feel like the easiest with that, (laughs) said the worst one <laughs> um i guess we'll start with uh like mid top shoes I, I know i think you're a fan of mids i like mid top shoes because i like being protected i think there's this like weird thing in bmx and i don't know if it's because people actually like it or because vans has kind of got this stranglehold and etnies kind of have this stranglehold on bmx because there's not a lot of shoes out there for people who do what we do i i I don't know what it is but people out there love riding in shoes that if you fall the wrong way or it's not a perfect like situation when you fall your feet are gonna hurt and, and I don't like to hurt when I ride. I like to be able to do what I want to do and try scary things and do do big stuff. And if it goes wrong, I still be okay. Or what if it what if everything goes right, but your footwear, your lack thereof, creates an injury? That's yeah, where mid tops came in for me. And I get that some people might like actually really like low tops or wearing those slip on shoes and fine wear whatever you want to wear. But personally I wear the shoes that I wear and people make fun of how they look, but I wear them because of the fact that my feet feel safe when I'm riding. I feel like I'm not going to hurt my feet Mm -hmm. and I don't hurt my feet very often when I'm riding. Yeah. I have one less worry. Yeah. Yeah. I have a pair of Vans uh, low tops that I bought just to walk around in exclusively. Yeah. And one day last fall, you know, I was taking the trash out and I was like, you know what? I'm going to hop on my bike in the driveway here just to get a little bit of quick something in. And as soon as I hopped on my bike, I was like, my, my ankle is just like sticking out so much. And it's like mm-hmm. this close to my crank. And it's like literally anything I do is going to not 
work out for me. Right. And, and I do always like to clarify too, like I'm not trying to throw shade at Vans or Ennies because Vans does arguably more for the BMX world than anyone else does. And Etnies does good things too, and they support these people. It's just, like I said, for me, I like to have my feet protected. And in my experience in wearing other shoes that aren't like gnarly mountain bike shoes, I wear Ride Concept shoes, which is, it's a company that like I rep that they make these shoes that I don't get hurt. My feet don't get hurt in. And my toes, when I do a foot jam, don't, I don't feel it Mm -hmm. at all. Right, you're not worried about your toe going in the fucking tire. Nope, nothing. So, yeah, my opinion on mid-tops is just they're extra layer protection. And when I'm riding my bike, I want to only have to worry about riding my bike. Not, oh, what if my foot comes off funny and I get a shinner? Or what if my foot rolls off and I got to roll my ankle? Or what if I hit my knee on something? I don't want to worry about that. I just want to focus on the trick that I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. And. I, I agree with you. Like I, I do believe animal or yeah, animal, um, vans and etnies. I do think that they do do a lot. Um, where I kind of, when I saw who does, yeah. Dennis Anderson rides for vans now. Right. Yeah. And he dropped that video recently and he, didn't he like nosy that big, huge hubba for like a promo video That's or something. Center. Yeah. Did he nose manual that whole I thing? I remember, but probably. So, when I saw that, yeah, that's what he did. When I saw this, is when I was like, you know what? We're never getting any more signature models. Because if anybody deserved a signature model, it's this dude. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is where he gets to pick everything about this shoe do you remember like yeah well this guy has a kid and he's nose manual in the staple center he's hanging in this shit like it doesn't get he doesn't the rider doesn't get any bigger like yeah and he's still gonna have to have a colorway that's i'm not throwing shade oh, but he I'm doesn't saying, get his own shoe is right what you're remember when uh taj and joe had their own shoes like yeah. And like skaters, don't they get their own? Well, it seems yeah. like Vance just doesn't do like signature shoes either, though. They just have their models and everybody gets the colorway in it. Right. But isn't, aren't some of the names of the shoes named after skateboarders and shit like that, too? I have no idea. I don't pay attention to that side. To I think up. so. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know how Vance does their stuff. Oh, uh, Etnies had a Jameson, and I thought Jameson was the one skateboarder. But yeah, that, yeah, I think they do. But, and then, so that was my my little soapbox on Vans. For Etnies, it was like, um, now my brain just skidded. What was I going to say? I don't know. Just colorways and slip-ons. It's like, what are we doing? Can Oh, um, it might have been Jason Ellis and Tony Hawk. Okay. Or somebody like that. They were talking about sponsorships and like skateboarding versus bike riding. And if you're a company, if you're skateboarding and bike riding kind of almost seem like the same thing from a higher up marketing perspective where like 
you're both almost talking to the same kind of group. In the grand scheme of things, they're very similar in that lifestyle yeah. set of things. So offering a low top that is more generally acceptable is probably the route that they're going to go. Yeah, but Scotty always has his yeah. mid- shoes too, but he's the only one, I'm pretty sure. And maybe he's the only one asking for it. That's the, the variable that we don't know in this equation is like, is anyone asking for that? That's a maybe great point. They are, maybe they're not. I don't know. But who knows? I mean, maybe you'll see people riding for Etnies who are riding in the uh, Brandon Simonuk shoes that oh. are more mountain bike styled shoes because they're more protective and then maybe more people will move to that that way and i don't know that was my point that i brain skidded on okay etnies well i love the marina mids marana i don't know how to say it but i felt the little pocket save my heel numerous times and i'm like fucking hell yeah etnies like this is what's (laughs) up now after I, i have i still have the pair i should bring them out but um after so much riding in them they get so deformed and the tongues there's no tongue centering straps it's like Mm -hmm. what are we doing here it's 2020 i'll pay the you know i mean like how much does extra tongue centering straps cost yeah let's just have them like yeah and that's where i think like uh the company ride concepts they make a here it's literally sitting right here yeah let me see this joint it sounds kind of cool this is a mid top. This is not the one I wear when I ride. I did wear these for a while, but they're not like what I want to ride in. Uh, but they, they're like a van style shoe, but but they just, I don't know. I feel like they're better. <laughs> they don't fall apart. Obviously, you can see that my toe kind of wore through the suede material. But if you, besides having it in your hand, I mean, it's got what you're talking about with oh, the. Nice the tongue thing in it it's got uh that d3o material the d30 in the uh the insole it's i don't know it's got plastic back here mm. built into it the toe has plastic in it too the the sole i mean you can see this is like my pedals are gnarly like mm. super gnarly metal pin pedals this is probably seven, eight months of riding as much as I do. And how much do a pair of those run? Oh, I think they had to up their price. So I think there's something like 120 or 130. So they're more expensive, but they last longer. So it's like there's a there's a balance there and it's yeah. a balance to have. And and then you've got companies like uh the Union Square shoes. Like I, I have no idea what's going on with that company. But looking at those shoes, I can't tell how good they actually are. Like, you got all these people who ride for them that are like, oh, my God, these are the best things ever. But but I, I don't know how good they are. But you got a lot of people saying good stuff about SCG shoes, too. So, like, there are these smaller like, core shoe companies in BMX. But yeah. until something like Orchid comes back and they, like, focus on – you know, like promoting this shoe and making, letting people know how and why these shoes are made to be for BMX and take the abuse of BMX. Like, I think SCG might do that. I just, yeah. Yeah. So the, the union square shoes and the SCGs, 
both seem to have the same problem. Let me just uh, switch back over to it. Mm-hmm. Because... So there's no uh, ventilation in the toe, uh, and I've had shoes that didn't have ventilation. It's not it's not a good look for me. Yeah, I don't know if there's a reason behind that or anything. I don't. I can't say anything for anyone else's yeah. shoes. Otherwise, I think they're great. Like looking wise, and a good price point. It's like yeah, sign me up. Ninety bucks, good deal. That was what I was going to say about the Etnies thing was like, it sounds like Etnies can can make the proper shoe, but you're going to pay three digits for it. Yeah. And if I'm going to pay three digits for it, I might as well get exactly what I want, which might not even be a alternate company to begin with. It might be a Nike mid. Yeah. Well, that's, get them cheaper. that's where the ride concept stuff fits in. It's, mm. it's a mountain bike geared company and... They made that. It was called the Vice, and then they have a lower version too, Vice and Vice Mid, and they were trying to cater more towards the that side of things and make a shoe that just is good. Wow, they got a lot of stuff, huh? Yeah, they just came out with all their 2022 uh, colors and a couple new shoe models. So they're more geared towards the mountain bike side. I wear the power line. Power line. Holy shit. They get up there in price. They look like really Some nice stuff. stuff. But those are like the super specialized. Those have like crazy lacing on them, the top yeah. ones. The, yeah. the power line's just to the right of the one that you had your mouse on. That's that's the one that I found I like the best. Cause it's got a mid top on the inside, but a low top on the outside. Have you? All right. Uh, yeah. One time I got shit whipped to the ground so hard that like my feet, like the outside ankle protection, would have been nice. But oh, I see what you're saying. I haven't experienced. <laughs> it's not often you're getting shit whipped, so you'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> But yeah, that's the shoe that I like to wear. And that rubber piece over the toe is hard rubber. So you feel nothing. The toe has ventilation over the front. That whole entire top of the toe area is a ventilated piece that somehow, I don't know how, that stuff is so durable that even with my metal pins that get gnarly and sharp, it ha hasn't ripped on a single pair that I've had. That's cool. Yeah, I. they just work really well. People give me crap for... And they say they look weird, but at the end of the day, I'm riding longer than somebody who's wearing nothing on their feet and having their feet hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I haven't been riding that much uh, this whole past year with getting a house and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I went out riding. Oh, dude, like two weeks ago, right before I got hit with another. Snow, basically, all those snow melted, and I was like, "Oh my god, forty degree day. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Get it in." And I did a nice warm up, like stretched and everything, because if I don't stretch, I get fucked up. Yeah. And um, I had a good session. I, it, was, it was like my energy lasted an hour, and I was like, but there's still no one here at this park. I, I got to kind of try and keep going. 
mm-hmm. my feet like because i haven't ridden in so long like my feet like were tired like they oh, couldn't cool. be they weren't strong enough that's interesting kind of keep cupping my pedals like my hands had enough and my feet had had enough and it wasn't like the shoes fall or anything it was just me being shot <laughs> but interesting but like foot fatigue i i totally see that and like having something durable is going to let you yeah yeah that's the other thing is that like super solid bottoms on them so your feet aren't bending a lot which some people absolutely hate Mm -hmm. i get but i just that's what i like yeah moving on to um this past black friday i got a couple uh email blast from bike companies but it was a direct to consumer Mm -hmm. email blast is that really do we really think that that's something that's good for everybody in a whole? So this is could get into something long, so I'll try and keep it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people are all like, we can't do direct to consumer. And, and I think that barring companies from doing direct to consumer at all will hurt BMX in the long run right. because we are in the 21st century where everything is direct to consumer and i i would venture to say that eventually what would probably happen if all bike companies banded together and were like we're not going to do it prices would go up so much and eventually i would think that maybe a different company outside of bmx might take notice of that and see wow these prices are way higher than they need to be then they make bikes mm. equal quality and then it would be up to us to be like well we're not going to buy that but i think at the same time there's ways to get around this that could help not cut off a bike shop and also have direct to consumer at the same time so like uh for example if i've talked at in depth and at length about this uh, this idea of affiliate programs in mm. bx where so so the way that this could be set up is that say you have a professional rider and we'll just use random dude in ohio for this example random dude in ohio gets his code that people use to buy directly on his sponsor's website at the same time because he's in ohio you set up well, this dude's on the team. We have nothing but time. We set up, all right, these local bike shops are in your area or the companies already work with bike shops. So someone uses the code they're buying from random town in, I don't know, random state, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Instantly it routes, well, boom, it could go get shipped to this local bike shop and other companies do this trek already i think offers this haro might i'm not positive but but you have this affiliate thing where at this rate rider gets check he sold this bike rider support if people are buying local to him it gets sent to bike shops local to them if it gets bought from somebody in alabama it could get sent to that Or at the same time, if there is no bike shop anywhere near this person who's buying this thing, well then, I mean, how are you going to deny sending it to them? Because if they buy it from a mail order, it's no different than them buying online because the mail order might be a bike shop, but at the same time, it might not be a bike shop too. Yeah, it seems tricky. 
it's it, it would take time to set it up and do it but i think in the world that we live in with how hard it is it seems to be people say bmx is a tough industry and, and the pie is small i think if we completely barred it it could be okay but at the same time it could not be okay too and there's ways to to get around it and i can he i hear everyone's argument of like that screws bike shops over and yeah it might but maybe the bike shops find a way to work with the companies and get the bikes sent to them to be built mm -hmm. and there's there's also a lot that can be done with targeted email marketing a lot more that can be done i feel like like uh as soon as i got those those email blasts i was like well this sucks because who needs to get rid of inventory more than anybody is the bike shops in the sense that like you know they're they're running thin and they need to clear their inventory out before the end of the year how cool would it be if you had your segments of like uh, maybe it's what just way too much work to do an email blast like that. I'm probably talking on my ass, but <laughs> like you could target like, oh, these people are in southeastern Pennsylvania, so they're gonna get the southeastern Pennsylvania bike shops. Like when they click on that, like basically, it looks oh. like a directed consumer email, but really you're linking them. But I guess then that bike shop has to have some kind of like online terminal, and not every bike shops. Or it could be set up with something like drop shipping too, where yeah. It's, it, instead of it getting shipped to the person who buys it, it gets shipped to the closest bike shop if it's within reason. Yeah, it would take more manpower to do it. But at the same time, too, and to argue for the other person who's like, well, it's the 21st century, you should be able to do direct. It's also could be on the bike shop that if they're not making their sales, they could be out there advertising and trying to mm -hmm. sell to the person so that they don't make the decision to buy online. Because if the person who's buying from the internet has a local bike shop and they might have the part that they're buying and they like, they don't try, like it, it could go both ways. Yeah. I think mess, messerol, messerol. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, they're, I love their email blast. Cause I feel like when I get those, I'm like, this is, this is somebody doing it. Cause you know, you can buy on, they're like Albies, you know, you can buy online, you can go pick it up. It's great to see that. So I guess, yeah. Yeah, I think just in the world we live in, there's room for everybody to be successful in however they're doing things if they're going to put the work in. But to just to expect BMX to stay in the past so that a bike shop who might not want to put that work in would still get the sale, I don't think is fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Basically, I have this one little bit here about more Brant Moores and more niches. <laughs> I, If anybody, anybody you can name that rides BMX, if they had a podcast or a YouTube channel, I'd probably watch it. Like, I would love if there was, I mean, I'm sure everybody's just so busy, but I would love if there was like a volume slash demolition podcast where it's, you know, Brian Castillo, you know, just bantering with somebody about whatever's going on in their neck of the woods and yeah it, or, or bike shops too bike shops could do it so then like like i think powers is a great example of somebody who is just crushing it with the content you know mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they do a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wish that BMX didn't have this negative stigma towards YouTube for so long. It was like, it feels like, I mean, I feel like it's almost stopped at this point, but for a long time, there always had to be that one thing that the majority of BMX hated on. Mm-hmm. Whether it was scooters, whether it was Adam LZ, whether it was Nigel Sylvester, whether it was certain companies or what, there was just always something that everybody had to collectively hate on. And there for a while, it felt like because of Adam LZ and a lot of people who just had to have been just jealous mm-hmm. of the fact that he was just being himself on the internet and making a living just by riding at a level that they may not have thought was deserving of living off of riding was like the thing to hate on. And yeah, he did say some things that like were pretty controversial. Like when he said that he uh, probably has gotten more people into BMX than dig or gotten more people on bikes than dig. But like when you broke down what he was saying, and this has been covered at length too, like, He's probably not wrong because Dig is catered to people who already ride. Mm-hmm. Adam LZ's YouTube channel was just a random YouTube channel on the internet with millions of people watching who may not have already ridden. So it's like, yeah, he might have been technically correct, but you're going to piss a lot of people off when you say something like that. So like, yeah. he got to a point where he was that thing that people hated, and I think that became the jumping off point for people to hate on YouTube. And I wish that people would have recognized at that time that it was an opportunity for all these people in BMX to make money from Google rather than worrying as much about making money from people having to buy parts and actually come from the BMX industry. Mm-hmm. That's why I have such a problem with some some of the ways people talk about people like Nigel. Because it's like, would you rather Nigel be doing what he's doing and trying to make money off of the industry or would you rather him do whatever he wants to do and use his BMX and bike and skills that he's developed on his bike as a tool in his toolkit to make tons of money from random ass corporations and companies and do good for himself? Yeah, I mean, I would so much rather have that. I I don't really have. I've always been a fan of Nigel. I understood where like some of the, you know, rub was. I think it would be cool. I don't know if he has done this, but I think it would be cool if he did some kind of like jam or an event or some kind of get together. Charity right now. He's what? He has a whole charity for getting giving bikes out to kids. Holy shit! I didn't even know. I gotta check into it. Yeah, I I haven't seen a lot about it, but he literally has a charity. All right. Well, fuck me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the whole thing. Is like people hate before they even know things, Mm -hmm. and it's cool to talk shit and and. Like, oh, this is funny. But but at the same time, I like what I was saying is I just wish people recognized the opportunity that was there and that it could have grown BMX that much more. And and I think people just had this idea that like to do YouTube, you had to have this specific way that you do things like the the hey, guys, this is my YouTube channel, (laughs) whatever. Like, no, you can do whatever the hell you want to. You just have to kind of recognize that you're making a connection with the person. And not just be like, oh, I don't want to do this. I'm just doing it for the money. Yeah, it's almost like uh, in order to do this, even what we're doing right now is like you have to admit that you're kind of putting on a show. And even then, you're really 
not as long as you're being yourself. Like right. you might be you might be producing something and putting on like something, but we're not acting. Like neither of us are being anything other than ourselves right now and that's all I've ever been online. But there's plenty of remember when remember when Chase D and Eddie Cleveland were were like blowing up so hard that everybody was like slanking their elbows down. Well, that's what's funny about this whole entire thing is that like that people doing that is the same thing as people making a YouTube channel just because like it's it's all the same freaking thing. And like and I think that if BMX recognized that opportunity because it was the universal thing to be hated on for a long time. But now look at every single company out there. They all post to YouTube. Had they have started when Adam LZ was doing his thing and it was it wasn't cool. Like, can you imagine what what cult would be if it had done it from 2010? Right. They start maybe they did, I don't know. But a company like Cult, had they have like tried to take advantage of the YouTube game, that's probably a bad example because they're super core. But had a company have done that, where they might be, BMX might be Way, might be bigger than it is and I, I hear people when they say oh well we don't want whatever just being salty and stupid about it like they're mm -hmm. gatekeeping BMX because it's their special thing like sorry dude do you not realize that BMX could be someone else's special thing too and by you gatekeeping you could be keeping the next Chase Hawk or next Mike Aiken for from becoming that mm -hmm. just by seeing it somewhere else that you don't agree with existing. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just don't, I think it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good that we can talk about it and open it up. Cause I agree. Like, I think that the, if, if imagine if 30% of all BMX was a little bit more on that tip, like when you said in 2010, who knows what could have happened? How many more opportunities there could have been? Because when you see, like, Austin Augie's putting on the Dawn of the Streets thing for the past couple of years. Like, he's putting up a lot of money. And, like, that's also been one of my goals from the beginning, too, is to get to a point where I can just be like, hey, 10 grand for the person who comes to my prefab Woodward skate park and throws down and wins this contest. Like, it would be amazing to do something like that and see all these, like, Rose trying to win 10 grand at a four foot prefab skateboard <laughs> like stuff like that would be so cool and those cool. opportunities can be granted through something like youtube or through working with bigger companies that are outside of bmx and it and it could bring them attention while also having cool opportunities for people in bmx at the same time yeah like how many people we're shitting on Dave Mira when he put a Slim Jim sticker on his helmet and made how much money from it. Yeah, he put his money where his mouth is, dude. <laughs> you guarantee, I guarantee that there was people at that time who were hating on him for doing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I, I, dude, I, I went to a salty stage like more than once, and I remember I probably even was salty about it at the time. But I also remember seeing Dave, like once I found out Dave had an Instagram and I was like, oh, shit, he's riding these big bikes, and he's killing it at this, and he's drifting, and he's doing all this other stuff. And I was like, fuck yeah, Dave, like, mm. blossoming, you know? And, and you almost, 
when you open your eyes to everything that's going on, you uh, realize that these people are just uh, people at the end of the day and that what you're like hating on is not the essence of that person, but something else. I don't know what, but it's like rarely do the people that someone's hating on, like do they know that person personally enough to to have that much of an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. It's just, well, they don't, I don't agree with this one thing that you're doing. So I hate you for it. And the natural progression, even to other things outside of BMX, I think shouldn't be looked down on as much. Like, um, there's this drifting show on Netflix. It came out like during the pandemic, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And the one guy used to be a professional mountain bike rider. And they showed they showed clips of him, and he was like doing crazy shit. And he's like, "I got hurt too much, so now I do this." And he hauls ass and does drifting. Yeah. And he makes money doing that now. And it's like, I think some people they 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 have it in their head that they they are a BMXer or they do ride bikes, and that you know there's this whole spectrum of BMX where like you know beginner to pro or elite whatever. And that's all they can see. They can't see outside of that is all these other things that stem from being at the top of the food chain. Well, and also just the fact that every single other thing that exists that people do on this planet has that same spectrum of people yeah. who are starting and people who are getting paid to do it. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to go to a job that I hate every single day because that's what I have to do instead of potentially having these opportunities that I make for myself through riding Mm -hmm. to be able to make riding my job. Like I want to just be able to wake up and be like, well, where am I riding today? Yeah, I'm going to edit this video and then I'm going to go ride and do whatever the hell I want to do. Instead of going to this job and be like, oh, I got to be here for eight hours. I got to do my commute. Oh, got to worry about that. No, dude, I want to just be able to enjoy life and do whatever you want. And I think a lot of it comes down to just like bitterness towards someone else, someone's own situation in life that they can't just go and do whatever they want. And they do have to go to that job. Yeah. I got, I got a hot take for you. Hot take. Are you familiar with Cameo? I know what it is. Okay. I I buy Cameos for my girlfriend um, like once a year for like her birthday or something, like mm-hmm. different celebrities. Yeah. Imagine if BMXers were on there. Oh, they are. There is? Yeah. I, no way. Like, because they are on there. There's a bunch of them on there. I got to look into it more because like – there's a comedian I follow called Tim Dillon and I'm he's yeah. not he's not on Cameo. But if mm-hmm. he was, I would I would pay for a cameo from him for him to roast me because I think he's that funny. Oh, he's hilarious. But uh, listen to that dude talk. Yeah. And imagine if you could hire, you know, Aaron Ross to talk shit on your buddy. Like Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be so fun. Yeah, absolutely. And and I they're there they're on there there's a few of them on there okay last idea last bmx group alternate way for us to pay people this is an idea i've had for a while i don't care if somebody uses it please please use it it's like a almost like a gofundme similar Mm -hmm. to cameo but basically riders and filmers 
put up their rate, whatever it is. So mm. like, I want to be able to throw tw- like you know how somebody gets hurt, we'll start a GoFundMe, yeah, kind of help them get out of it. What if there was a GoFundMe? Like I don't know how it works. Maybe there needs to be somebody that can code to be involved, but like oh you know there's like three different filmers that you can pick from and there's all these different riders and eventually it all like everybody votes and chips money in online and like okay so now we got a road trip with seven dudes who aren't that were never paid to hang out with each other before but now they're getting paid to hang out with each other along with this filmer and you crowdsource where they're gonna go like the whole thing is from the ground up that would be awesome just that idea purely would be super super cool how hard would that be really you know i don't think it would be that hard i think the hardest part would be the initial investment of like making it exist because until you there's got to be a certain level of like upkeep as far as like with doing it goes like the person who's in charge of all this has to get paid because that would be so much logistics work and organizing to do for just to do it for free. Yeah. It could be a full-time job just doing that with the amount of time that would go in. So like the, the gap that you'd have to make up from the time existing and maybe you get sponsors involved to help out with it first starting. Mm. But I think the barrier to entry would probably be the hardest part. Yeah. When you, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say at the same time, like, you got to figure out how much it costs and how long is it going to take to have enough people chip that in. Yeah. There's just a lot of unknowns. Yeah. Damn. It, it would be sweet. And I definitely think it could happen if somebody wanted to put the work in to do it. Mm-hmm. For sure. I would just love to just chip in some money and basically get new school versions of props episodes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, and that could happen. Yeah, I like uh, the um, the scene videos you guys have been doing. The scene's not dead. Yeah. Noah, he's kind of like a news thing too. Yeah, he's he's great. His thing that he's got going on, he's like kind of like props, and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, do you want to explain to me uh, lip lords? Oh man. As an old one, that's coming up on next year. That is ten years old. Really, so insane. Uh, Did you start it? Yeah. Well, I started the Lip Lords series that I make. Mm-hmm. There was an original group of guys that called themselves the Lip Lords back oh. in the eighties. Uh, so the I, the name came from that. But uh, basically, Sponge and I had been making videos together since like 2011. So it's two years at this point, and we're just like always making videos. Yeah, they're always filming, just trying to do cool stuff that we feel like doing and filming to make edits. And then I had a random idea one day, like, what if we made a video just doing lip tricks on this one quarter pipe, and we are limited to this one quarter pipe? Yeah. And Sponge, being the guy that he is, is like, he's down for whatever. He's like, yeah, that'd be cool, whatever. So like the very first episode, I kind of went in on trying to film a lot of stuff for and he was just down for whatever so like he did some stuff for it and and it was cool and then we filmed enough to make two of them first hmm. and and so 
the one day uh, Hollywood, if you've ever heard of him, Mike Hollywood Broncado, mm. he used to ride for Schwinn. He had like the Schwinn helmet and everything. Uh, he was down at Worcester Park riding and he was getting ready to leave and I was trying this trick. It was a five tap, one handed, one footer. And I ended up landing it as he was like right before he was going to leave. His, he was in his car door shut and everything. I ran over and showed it to him real quick. <laughs> yes. Trying to figure it out. In a five tap. Yeah. And uh, I showed him that and he was like, oh, it's sick. And he's like, lip lords. And he's like, the lip lords, those, those dudes would be stoked on it. And I'm like, the what? And immediately, I'm like, that's the name. That's the name of the series. <laughs> and uh, so come to find out that they did make like a video back in the day, but I never, I couldn't get my hands on it to watch it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Cause it was the eighties. It was on a VHS tape. And, uh, so I started calling that series that, and we made the first one filmed enough for the second one. I edited both of them at the same time. And I said, when I posted the first one, I sent it to the come up and everybody, and I said, if this video gets a hundred views in the first day, I'll upload the next one tomorrow. And I mean, it got a hundred views in like an hour because it was <laughs> at that time that like videos that got onto the come up did pretty well. Yeah. And, uh, so I posted the next one the next day and it was just like, all of a sudden everybody's just like, Oh my God, this is like what we've been, we've been waiting for something different for so <laughs> long. And, and it was never my intention to like have this thing blow up or be this thing that everybody was stoked on, but it just happened. So it was like right then in there, Sponge and I both just got super stoked on lip tricks and filming for Lip Lord. So it's like almost all we did every time we went to the skate park is every video after part three got up until probably like 11, 10 or 11, got 10,000 views or more each. Wow. We filmed one in Florida on the uh, Brick Quarters. We called it Lip Floors. <laughs> And that one got went crazy on some Russian equivalent of Google, and it got like forty five thousand views. And uh, and it was just it was an idea that I had that I was stoked on because I was stoked on lip tricks, and I just we did it, and it and it did really well. And I did an uh, episode where I wanted to get other people involved, but the whole the only rule of the video series is that it has to be filmed on that specific ramp like i have to film you doing it on this ramp for it to go in the video mm-hmm. so it was pretty limiting to the people that could be involved I'm like i want people from other places to get involved so i reached out to people from all over the world for an episode so we had eric elstran uh rob ridge nick harkins carl hinkley uh tj henderson Bobby Altizer, all these guys sent me clips for this lip lord, people's lip lords is what I called it, the people's lip lords. Mm-hmm. And I put them all together into a part, and that was like one of my favorite ones. And it's just as basically a series that I've enjoyed making. And we kind of had a little bit of a break in making them for a few years. And then I just recently released the next part and even before I even released that I was already filming more clips for the next one and I'm already super stoked after making this last one using that Katy Perry song I'm just stoked on it again should I pull it up here I don't know if I've seen it yet 
it that one will get copyright stuff on it uh but uh so can uh can the same trick be done twice no it hasn't yet i mean the whole idea is to just be creative and do different things on this one quarter pipe but uh what am i trying to say i i kind of got into the whole youtube thing for a long time where i didn't realize that i could like make edits out of my youtube footage too so in the past year i've just been like not including some of the best clips in my edits and saving them on top of filming actual like trying to film clips too so there's a lot of stuff why would you do that so you could put them in the lip lords video well, specifically on this ramp, I do it so I can save stuff for Lip Lords, but then also just saving stuff for real edits because uh, this is a nice preview. We'll make them actually watch this one. Okay. It's on my channel. Yeah, uh, yeah Brant Moore, everybody, at Brant Moore. But I've always made edits, and I've always, like, like how Dakota Roche will talk about edits and Instagram and how there's a difference between edit clips and Instagram clips and people always say that I've always felt the same way so I've never stopped filming edits I've never stopped holding like clips back the best of the best stuff ever I've never stopped doing it because I fully believe in that too I'm like there's a difference between a YouTube video that I make an Instagram clip that I post and a story and all of that stuff. I feel like there's there's levels to things and and I even though I understand why people don't hold stuff back for edits because clearly you get more attention just by posting on Instagram, but I've never cared about the attention that much. I've just liked the experience of putting together an edit because mm -hmm. it's always done and then putting the clips out after the edit because you can yes. always load the clips out after. So that's been my perspective of doing it. I've never stopped doing that ever. So that's what I've realized I can still do with doing the YouTube thing. So I didn't, I kind of slacked on filming actual clips for a couple years. But I mean, almost all of the clips that were filmed in that uh, one we are played the whole thing from earlier. Mm -hmm. Clips that like I was just really stoked on hard stuff where I'm like I'm not gonna put this in the YouTube video from today I'm just gonna say hey I just did this thing that I'm stoked on it's going in an edit yeah. you're gonna have to wait to see it and I've started doing that and I've been enjoying it so much because I, I love making edits I just didn't realize or think of the idea of actually doing that mm. so I got so much footage so are you working on another um, another like just plain section? I don't want to say plain, but like a web edit type yeah. deal. Yeah, a new I. Video have... part. What's that? A new video part. Yeah, I have. I I originally wanted the a uh, edit that I've been in planning for and filming purposefully for and like setting aside specific clips for as the one with the comedy thing, but I quickly realized that the concept that I want to go with for this edit and the comedy thing don't mix. Mm. So I've got a whole, like literally an entire other video that I just need to edit that I, that I've got to do. And then I've got 
all of this footage from the past like five or six years that just didn't make it into edits, didn't make it into my DVD that I made. Oh, you made a DVD? Yeah, I made a full length. I'm, I'm telling you right now, and if anyone's got to this point, like I literally pretty much do everything that you can do in BMX except for compete in contests. <laughs> like everything. I made a full length DVD and released that in 2020. We played it, we premiered it in a movie theater. Really? Yeah, I, I had it premiered in a movie theater, but yeah, I, I have a whole nother edit that I'm going to be working on and I just got to find the motivation to sit down and just edit it. Mm -hmm. So I take it you're probably really meticulous with like folders and keeping everything organized. Oh, you have to be. I learned that. I mean, I didn't learn it right away, but I, I have learned it. Yeah appreciate you taking the time out of your day to sit down with me. I know you got a lot going yeah, on. As much time as you need. If you have any other questions, I got like 10 more minutes here. Yeah. With a bonus round. I should go get the, Oh, so this, what I'm about to say is kind of like a little push for anybody who's watching me thinking that they could do better or watching you get inspired by what you do is um so there's a gajillion people out there i went down a, a an apple rabbit hole when the pandemic mm -hmm. hit i the only thing i ever had was like a phone and a, like a little mac mini the yeah. mac mini was too old my laptop's too old i eventually got something new yeah and then it got me in this youtube hole where i'm watching i'm subscribed to like more than like between two and five whatever like five different people that basically cover the same press release oh, yeah. from apple yeah but they all do it differently mm -hmm. and there's this one kind of geeky kid who has glasses and every time he does a video like the intro is always goofy and he, like he's acting out something it's almost like stand-up comedy in a way hmm. and uh then he goes and he gets a bike helmet and he puts his bike helmet on and he's like this is my hot take helmet and he starts going into like speculating what he <laughs> thinks gonna happen next yeah and i loved it so much that I want to adopt it. That's awesome. And just be like, it was Sam's idea. I know it. I'm not pretending I know it. I, right. I originated this, but I love the idea of a hot take helmet, especially with like a BMX podcast. With, and to, to take that even further, I watch a lot of different stuff on YouTube and I always find myself thinking about the things that these really successful people on YouTube are doing while I'm doing other things. Like I'm, I'm making something I like, I'm going to try and make it with kind of like thinking of this style of video while I'm doing it. like, like I will think about an MKBHD video yeah. while I'm making a certain thing of mine, like while I'm doing product reviews and stuff mm -hmm. and I'm talking about products, I'll think about his videos because he does a really good job with the videos he does. So I think about that in the way that I say things in the way that I intro videos sometimes, then sometimes I'll think about a Linus tech tips video. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's just a whole bunch of other people. I watch aquarium videos. I watch videos about like lizards <laughs> and I watch, uh, Adam Savage's tested YouTube channel, the guy from Mythbusters, oh. all kinds of different stuff. And I just, I think about those things because I'm like, these guys are super successful and they're successful for a reason. So if I take all of the different things they're doing, and then, then combine them into my own style and like implement these things into what I'm doing. 
well, then there's no way I cannot be successful when I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, it's like surrounding yourself with like the kind of people that you want to be, you know, yeah. eventually you're going to make yourself into that. If you surround yourself with those people. Yeah. Which, uh, since we're, since we're in the bonus round anyways, I wanted to congratulate you on being team weeded. <laughs> Dude. No. What I want to say about <laughs> They didn't get me. They never had me. <laughs> they didn't even have the meme. I had myself. <laughs> you did Still, one of these, right? <laughs> a little bit of Fast and the Furious uh, quoting there, paraphrasing, mm-hmm. because that was freaking, oh my gosh, that was too perfect and hilarious. And somebody sent me that, and I was like, I listened to it for the first time and I was like don't (laughs) oops I'm just glad that like there was no context or anything it was just the video of me saying that so like what I thought was awesome is that there was no one talking crap in the comments there was so many people like why you gotta do my man like that and just other people that are thinking it's funny I'm like I'm glad that we have gotten to a place in BMX where like people do hate on things but like something like that will happen and there's not even anyone talking shit there's just people that are laughing along with it yeah because it's funny i think team weed kind of turned into like an ethical style meme page in a way and i i'm glad that they did because there's no need for any of this toxic crap in bmx and like i get you can do whatever you want say whatever you want this is why it's it's my opinion like Mm. i preach freestyle more than anybody else so i can never say like you can't be a toxic meme page you can do whatever you want but i i can think you're an asshole for doing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like it's just nothing productive and all i see is that when there is the non-ethical side of things all it's doing is teaching kids that it's okay and cool to act that way because they don't know that it's a joke. Mm-hmm. They don't see the joking side of things. So that's just who they become. Yeah. Shouts to Team Weed. <laughs> yeah, was, I thought it was funny. That's like the yeah. third or fourth time that I've been on there. And the oh, really? first time, yeah, that was the first time that it was like a, a joke at me. Hmm. The other times there was one where I was singing an ice pick and I was doing a little drawing because I was the first like <laughs> random ice pick thing I did. Yeah. And it was they put a caption thing on there or something that said like when you want to ride with the homies, but you got homework or something like that. <laughs> it was super funny. Those are the best captions. Like um, there's there's another mean page like Stupid Biker. Um, yeah, I've seen that one. And Goofy Footed Anonymous. Um, what a. Did you see that one? I think Team Weed even shared it. It was like um, smoking on that shit that made Tom White. And it was like a whole like series of things. I don't, I don't look at it. I don't. I just don't pay attention to that stuff. I, I feel like it's the same as like hanging out with people that you want to be like. Mm-hmm. The stuff that you consume on the internet is kind of like the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um. What I will say, though, is if there's anybody out there who wants to, like, make a YouTube channel or do anything like that, the best two things that you can do to be successful on YouTube are, one, be yourself. Don't try to be anybody else. 
be yourself and two, be consistent. A lot of people say the consistency thing and it's absolutely true, but being yourself will get you there that much faster and it will be more sustainable long term because it is. People don't get to where they're at in successful what am I trying? I said that so wrong. People don't become successful long term by faking it or trying to be somebody else because you can't stay in the position you're at forever if you're faking it. Mm-hmm. You might be able to get there. <laughs> it's going to be really hard to stay there when it's, it becomes a job to do the job and also be somebody else at the same time. Yeah. Wise words from our man, Bram Moore. Do what I can. Try. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast. Um, is there any uh, last shout-outs or anything like that you'd like to give? You for asking me to be the first one, for hey. one. I appreciate that. Uh, anybody who watches my stuff, there's so many people that I have no idea about who watches it. I just appreciate all of it because every single person who's watching is helping make it so that that can be what I do that can my living and I can make more cool stuff and make these all these crazy ideas that I have into a reality and then obviously there's all the sponsors that we gotta save the best for last alienation I made sure I repped that <laughs> nowhere BMX uh, can I do a little dig in here where is it at there's uh, there's some park tools in here somewhere there it is the shout outs to park yeah. tools uh, speaking of alienation, we just released the Venus free coaster that I helped design and name planetary yeah. free coaster. There's lots of videos about it. I don't have time to get into it now. Yeah. Uh, brimstone bicycles, local bike shop, veteran owned bike shop here in Ohio that's supported me for, uh, since 2015. And, uh, <clears throat> also ride concepts shoe company that I've been talking about earlier. And, I'm hoping, double fingers crossed, that there will be some more that I can announce soon. Cool. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks for being on, and have a good rest of your evening. I appreciate you, man. Hit me up when you want to do another, and we will. All right. Sounds good. All right. See you, man. Peace.